Welcome to That Sucks, ladies and gentlemen. Troy Nababan here for you. Dan Cribb. And you're listening to the Handshake Media Network. Should we shake hands? Let's shake hands quickly. People can Dan, see that's a moist shake. You You've got soft hands today, there. Dan. How you been? You been good? I've been good. I've been good. Tell me one thing that I don't know that you've done in the last week. In the last week? Yeah, one I thing. I went to Adelaide. Quick. You already told me that. Like, I told you, if, okay, when I got here, you said, what are okay. you up to? I told you everything. <laughs> You tell me something then, go on. I went to a parents group. I already told you that too. Yeah, see? And that's the end of the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Now, uh, today, uh, so we've tackled so far, we have- How about your mother on television? We've tackled superhero movies. Mm -hmm. And what's next? Uh, We're going to talk about some music. Yes. Um, If you're an avid listener of the two episodes that are released online Mm -hmm. of this podcast so far, you know that uh, Daniel plays guitar, he sings, he makes music. I also- play music and record music and produce music. So we've got a lot of opinions on bands and, and stuff that we love. Um, so Dan and I, today for the podcast, we both have you know a lot of music we like that are, that is in common, but I suppose you'd say that um, I'm more of your uh, rock and roll type of guy, heavy metal type of dude. Dan's more of a, what would you say, Dan? Pop punk uh, aficionado. What we've decided to do is today's episode will be us just bitching about a band mm-hmm. in those genres that we really cannot stand. Uh, although, let me just say, so a little little different. Mine is a band that I uh, that to me they went sour, mm-hmm. whereas your band will be one that you've never liked. Correct, correct. So, so we'll get to mine, but I think we're going to start with Dan today. We're going to so. start with mine, and uh, it's a, this, this this caused a bit of tension in the office uh, with the head of the head of the po- podcast network, mm-hmm. Neil Griffiths. He said, "If you do this," and anyway, I tricked him and said, "It's not. No, don't worry, don't worry. It's not going to happen. Don't worry." Um, so Blink-182. Do you say Blink-182 or Blink-182? I say 182 because I'm Australian, but I know it's 182, right? Do you care about Blink at all? No, nah, not really. There you go. See? Uh, on, on, on point for the podcast. <laughs> I don't hate... Well, you know what? I don't hate Blink now. I hated them in about 2003. Really? Yeah. Tough guy, huh? Pretty much. Funnily enough, um, Small Things was like one of the first songs I learned. And I think uh, Damn It was one of the first songs I ever played in a band. But I never really... They weren't like a band for me. When did you get into them? Uh, about when I was 15 or so, huh. going through all the angsty things that Blink-182 just were nailing at the time. Was that your band? Like, you know, everyone's got a band. That Green got- Day were my band. Green Day were your band. Okay. So mm. how long after uh, Green Day did you get into Blink? About the same time. About the same Green time. Day, okay. it started The Living End, mm-hmm. Green Day, Blink. That was the progression. Gotcha. And then I was stuck on Blink for about 15 years. Yeah, that's fair enough. But some, and cause like, I guess American Idiot, that was like 2004, right? So that would have been your peak high school yeah, like, I, was that peak, was, I was peaking in high school. That, <laughs> I, I peaked in high school. So that was the that was the right time and place for you then, I suppose. Uh, I don't take this. Oh, um, sorry. I've just actually uh, Neil Neil from uh, Handshake Media has just left me a voicemail. Um, hey Dan, it's Neil, man. Um, what is this I hear about you doing a podcast about Blink not being good anymore? Um, you know, you know, you and I have spoken about this plenty of times, and I thought we were pretty on board with the fact that Blink is still great. Yeah, Tom left. Get over it. Man, I don't feel comfortable with you doing a podcast trashing the band that I love. And apparently you love. Because that's the whole point of the thing, right? That you love them and you think they're now sour. Well, I don't agree with that. I think it's bullshit. And you know what, Dan? If you run this episode, you're fucking fired, right? Cool. All right. We'll talk later. Bye. Yeah, good luck with that, buddy. We'll see how that goes on, uh, see how that goes on Monday. Sorry, Neil. Sorry, Neil. I'm not sorry. Um, so, let's... Uh, Let's talk about kind of Blink. threw me off. Don't worry. This won't dampen my spirits. Would you like a Blink and you'll miss it history of Blink-182? Yeah, go on. Tell me. It's not really a Blink and you'll miss it. This is sort of me laying out, 
you know, how the band formed and where they went and then when it went all turned to shit. So for me, there's, there's, there's two points in this. There's mm-hmm. Blink becoming not as good as they used to be, uh-huh. a.k.a. the sucking. Yep. And then when Blink was no longer Blink, in uh-huh. my opinion. I know, so like, I know Blink. I grew up with yeah, Blink in my life, yeah. but I don't know the history. I don't know the ins- the minutiae. Right, well, they formed in 92, which means, uh, and brace yourself, in a couple of years, they celebrate their 30th anniversary. Jesus. <laughs> That's a scary, a scary thought. Right? Very, very, very terrifying. So, yeah, they kind of took off in, um, they formed in 92, um, and then in 98 when Travis joined the band and they released Edinburgh of the State. That's mm-hmm. kind of when they took off. They kind of, you know... And that's the one with the the nurse and the glove, right? That's correct. Yes. Yep. Um. And so, yeah, they they bought they bought out that album, brought out that album, mm-hmm. and then they had uh, the live album, "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," and the self titled album, which to me was oh, a, a near masterpiece. Just remind me, so Enema of the State, what was on that one? You had Dumpweed, "What's My Age Again," and small things on that album. Yes. Okay. And then uh, was Damn on, It the album before that? Yeah, that was like the second. That was album Dude Ranch. Okay. Mm, and that yep. was with the old drummer Scott yep. Rayner, who gotcha. alcohol and all the rest got kicked out of the band. Yep. Uh, and so they had this great kind of rise. You know, the sound was great, everything was working. But around at the time of the self-titled uh, release, there was some kind of tension between the band, mm-hmm. personal reasons, kind of creative differences, um, which kind of led to their split in two thousand five. I see. Um, do you remember that? Like, there was people crying in the street and. Society did fall slightly into disrepair at that point. Mm. That's kind of when Tom DeLonge started Angels and Airwaves, mm-hmm. and Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker started Plus Forty Four. So that kind of tells you where, where the beef was. What was that? What about that box car race? At oh, that was that was a few years prior, and I think okay. that started to there was some resentment around that as well because Tom and Travis went off and did that, and Mark yep. was like, "Oh, come on, guys." Gotcha. Um, and so you find there's a divide in this this argument of you're either a Tom guy or a Mark guy. Uh-huh. I'm very much a Tom guy. Really? Yes. Okay. Why? No, no, go on. No, why? What was that response? Come on. <laughs> you're, you're a Tom guy still? Still, yeah. Okay. Despite all his alien stuff, which we're not going to get into because- We don't have two hours don't have and two a Joe hours. Rogan podcast yeah. to get into that. <laughs> but I, yeah, I very much admire and respect Tom, Tom DeLonge okay. quite a lot. That's fair enough. So, yeah, to me, uh, that split after that amazing album- um, that was where things kind of just shattered. And that was kind of, to me, where Blink, that's it. Like in history, that's where they should have ended. Mm-hmm. Problem they had was, so um, a few years later, 2008, Travis Barker was involved in a that really severe plane crash um, yep. that killed a few people. Um, he DJ was, AM? I want to say yes. He was very badly injured. Um, and that kind of reunited, the, um, the, you know, they kind of came together, discussed making another album, playing shows together, yep. things like that. Uh, unfortunately, in the same year, their uh, longtime producer Jerry Finn passed away. So he uh, he was kind of integral to you know Enema of the State, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, Self Titled, all those mm-hmm. albums. Um, he was a driving force behind it. So you know he's gone. Um, they uh, and they did a reunion tour in two thousand nine, which I saw them on. Nice. Um, and this is kind of the point where I kind of see the 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 decline of Blink One Eight Two really kind of commencing. You know, it was eight years after self-titled happened. Jerry Finn had passed away and they released Neighborhoods in 2011, mm-hmm. which was kind of their comeback album, which, uh, you know, they self-produced and it was a great album, um, but it kind of felt like a bunch of Plus 44 songs and Angels and Airwaves songs mashed together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was kind of like no no kind of co- cohesion to the whole thing. Um, and if you compare, um, for example, Blink-182's Ghost on the Dance Floor with Ava's Epic Holiday, you'll mm-hmm. see that they're, they're like very, very similar. Yep. 
Um, actually, can I have a guitar? I'll show you. Uh, so this is uh, Blink-182's Ghost on the Dance Floor. Anyway, you get that. And then here is uh, Ava's Epic Holiday. <laughs> All right? Uh-huh. Anyway. I'm, uh, I'm available for parties and uh, bar mitzvahs. We'll get you into some cover gigs, Dan. Thank you. You did, you did a real good job. I'm really, really proud of you. Yeah, they're quite similar sounding songs. I, I see what you mean. I mean, pop punk to like go stereotype for a second. Oh, hey, mate. Yeah, mate go, go on, please do. We're talking about like three, four chord songs. So That's genreist. I'm a, I'm a big genreist. <laughs> um, but you see, so, you know, uh, despite me trying to just play the guitar very poorly there, that's kind of what you're dealing with. Two two songs, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those albums... Didn't cut the mustard. They didn't cut the mustard. That's what I'm trying to say here. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, uh, in 2013, I kind of spoke with Tom DeLonge. Uh, oh, you had a private I, chat to him? Like, like, we, we, mate, we, we had a private chat yeah? about... that. that you uh, sat that, him down. <laughs> Tom, mate, I've been listening to you for 10 years. We need, to, we need to talk about this. I'm not happy. You know, big fan. I love you. But... But, but you need to you need to sort of work this out. He uh, so they were coming for Soundwave, and uh-huh. um, in speaking about uh, that album, he kind of confirmed what I thought. Um, so just going back to, to this, the self titled album, when they were writing and recording that, they hired a, a house just outside of San Diego for like mm-hmm. a few months and did, yep. did the whole thing together there. Their comeback album was uh, actually so Tom Tom told me he said we weren't together at all. We just weren't even really talking. Mm-hmm. So, again, explains why the album's eh. Yep. Yeah, how can you... Do you deal with many artists that don't speak while they're recording albums? Yes. Oh. Pretty common? Yep. Shit. So, yeah, you know, they didn't have this amazing producer. They weren't speaking. Mm-hmm. Of course, the album's not going to be that great. You know, uh, 2013, they'd already... Re- you know, they, they released a follow-up EP, Dogs Eating Dogs. Uh, and that would be DeLong's last before he left the band. Gotcha. Or Slash was kicked out. So, yeah, I guess it's just sort of... And that's when you fell off and you're like, you know what? No, well, not, not for me. You, if, you know, if that was... So, 2015 was when he left. Yep. And the band uh, enlisted Alkaline Trio's Matt Skiba, mm-hmm. uh, who's one of my all-time favorite musicians. Okay. So, in theory, this is, this is going to be good, right? Yep. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Is, and it was. No, well, so they, you know, oh, Matt, wasn't. Matt Skiba's in the band. I love Skiba. They teamed up with John Feldman of Goldfinger, uh-huh. who, one of my all-time Feldman. favorite producers. This is going to be great. Uh, but, uh, you know, the album came out. It was amazing, but it wasn't Blink. Yep. So at that point, it's to me, all right, it's a new band. It isn't Blink. Would that you sucks. say that the soul of Blink had been abducted? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was too... Oh. All right, um, that was that was pretty damn good. Thank you. That was that's my next point. So I think Blinker are very early, you know late nineties, early two thousands kind of band. Their sound, the, the, like the topics that you know, um, I'm all for bands evolving and things like that. But I don't think Blink One Two was meant to be a bunch of guys in their late forties, yep, singing about like dating and things like that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Are they still going now? Like they're what? still going? Are they? They just announced their next album, Nine. Uh, sure. With a song called Dark Side, which, may I add, an awesome song. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds like Matt Skiba wrote a song for Alkaline Trio, uh-huh. who are one of my favorite bands. And then Mark Hoppus was like, oh, can I get it? And kind of fuck it up a little bit. Yep. Um, and then whoever whoever produced it was like, yeah, yeah, me too. Sure. I'm going to cook all the instrumentation. <laughs> so 
you know, it's good music, good songs, good yep. musicians, but it's not Blink-182. Sure. So that's kind of, you know, for me, when Blink got back together, put out the album, that was their kind of, their downfall. Mm-hmm. When Tom left and they got Skeeber in, it's just not Blink anymore. Gotcha. It's as simple as that. So, okay, timeline. 2005, they split up, technically, split up. Well, correct. yeah, uh, no, they just went on an indefinite hiatus. Indefinite hiatus, 2005. Mm-hmm. And you see them in 2009, right? Yes, yes, sir. You see them in 2009, favorite band. So what was your reaction? How was that concert? How did it make you feel? Pushed my way to the front. Of the front. Uh-huh. I have, I have footage from the front row. Uh-huh. Um, it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. And they played well? Like, that was everything you wanted as a fan? Yes, it okay, was. Cool. It was amazing. I'm, I'm curious. Like, that's why I want to ask what you felt in that moment, 2009, seeing them in. Because obviously your favorite, mm. like, favorite band, so into it. Because I'm just curious to see after they've had such time away, if it still felt like they the band that you wanted them to be if they changed over time uh, yeah it was and it was a weird thing if they they were at a stage where they weren't old enough yet that the things they were saying on stage were you know because they had all that banter on stage about yep. fornicating with animals and sure. making fun of each other's dads and stuff yep. and you, i think you get to a point where if you're like 50 and you're like your dad sucks it's like yeah oh all right settle down guy i mean i guess that's the thing like yeah mid-30s that's like kind of on the cusp of, as you say, of being like- Dick, dick jokes on stage, no, dick no. Dick jokes on stage, but like more to the point. I mean, okay, you said before, our oh, bands regularly get in the studio and record and everything like that. In my experience, it really depends on who you're talking about. For example, when you were playing in uh, your band, mm-hmm. that when you did your recording, everything like that, at that point in your life, you guys were probably like seeing each other a few times a week, yeah. writing stuff before you go over, you, you know, playing a lot of gigs and it's like the whole life is just dedicated to that one thing, right? Yeah. And, and then you, and then your dream gets crushed. Well, not your even soul that, withers. but you're like, you just get older and you have, uh, I mean, you're married now. Correct. And, uh, you can't dedicate the same amount of time. You don't want to be just hanging out with your friends like five days a week, jamming and drinking piss and like Yeah, but like, that's if you have a full-time job. If, if, if your full-time job is Blink-182. Even then, man, I don't think so because- a lot of those, these guys, they don't come to music thinking of it like a job. They do it because it's fun. You know mm. what I mean? Like you, Even when you're getting hobby. millions of dollars yeah, absolutely. for doing it? It depends who you're talking about. But a lot of them, it's like you, the one of the bands that I'm going to talk about in a minute and that entire scene, It is uh, they're not responsible adults. Mm. They're a bunch of children that got into music at the particular time in their life that facilitate, facilitated them uh, partying and, and acting like children for like, decades yeah you know the drinking and the drugs and all that sort of stuff like not exclusively but there's a lot of them that that kind of did that sort of stuff when it comes time to recording albums and when it comes time to doing singles or anything like that it and you i think you find this with with a lot of bands and even with people that i work with particularly on a local level because Mm. people do have other work and other jobs you're not able to just say like all right i'm going to take off a week and go into the studio and record an album or two weeks and do an album or a month yeah or i'm not going to be doing uh, like two months worth of, re- uh, writing. of writing, yeah, in a, in a rehearsal room. Like some people are able to do that. It's different bands on different levels, obviously. But I think even with um with a group like Blink, at that point, uh, in say you said 2011 is when the the comeback album came out. Neighborhoods, yeah, yeah. Even at that time, like, didn't Mark Hoppus have like a talk show for a little while? Yeah, he did, and yeah. and he lived in London uh, while and, they were recording. He yeah, had his talk show and lived in London. So or co- like you know between London and LA. Yeah, and the thing is. Yeah, all of those guys, they don't have lives that just let them be in the same place, the same space. Particularly after flight, you took, you take four years off, five years off, however long it is. You're all dispersed. You're all doing your own sort of stuff. It's really hard to come back and just immediately fall into that, uh, that mm. mode. Of, and despite the the paycheck being on the table, most times you can read um, 
artists in their maybe 30s plus, and like even younger than that, but particularly 30s plus, you just see it's people trying to work their music into their lives, not trying to work their lives around the music. That's yeah. that's where the change happens. And within that is the whole next part, which is like, yeah, you're talking about pop punk, which is a genre of music I still, like. now I came to that a little bit later than, than you did. What are you going to write about? Like honestly, yeah. there's artists that still do it really well. Like in a in a way, it's not either, pop punk, but think. Look, we both love Frank Turner. Ooh, love him, but so, he's he's like folky folk punk. Pop he is, kinda. but the like the content, like the um, in terms of the songwriting, lyric, mm. all that sort of stuff, you can put that into anything. Yeah. Whereas something like um, I don't know the the Blink songs that I I'm not going to just list off a bunch of songs, but content wise. I can't say I, I can't see that aging like with the people that are writing the music. It just kind of, you know, that's the time capsule of them in their like late teens, early twenties, mid twenties. It kind of is is fine, but I don't know that set like those lyrics uh, or sorry that sound that musical sound with uh, I don't know. I'm I'm fucking like buying a house now and I'm going to pick my kid up from school. Like I've got to pick my alien up from area. If you want. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really go together. It, the, there's a kind of a disconnect there. So I'm not sort of that surprised that, yeah, that kind that of they've apart. aged out, even though Tom's like you said, 43 and the other guys are probably the similar age within a 47, 47. Oh, Marcus, yeah. yeah. So, um, not to say they can't still write good music and they will, and they can, but like blink itself exists for like people that are younger. Yeah. And that can relate to that. Yeah. And, uh, I'm yeah. I'm sort of not surprised that there's a. a uh, it just doesn't really hit the mark uh, when you get a little doesn't bit. Doesn't connect. Of, doesn't connect. Like yeah, I think what you said, like 2005, that they can retire and they can retire and basically be the biggest band in the world. Like 20 years later, right? Kind of like ABBA. You know, ABBA r- retired in eight, 1980ish. If you get this wrong, <laughs> listen. We can look listen, that up later. But no, you know, a close associate of mine. Is going to be furious, and he knows he's listening right now. Sorry, buddy. He does uh, quality control over this podcast, and he's going to be fuming. I'm getting fired on Monday morning. That's yeah. What's well, happening. me too. Apparently, after that voicemail. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like it's yeah. just a capsule of, and now you know everything they do doesn't. If they were still releasing music, would it perhaps change the way you view their original songs? Now, Blink, you know, is all this new music tainting the pre 2005 legacy? Yeah. Um, I think tainting is a bullshit thing. Like Oi. You, <laughs> you, you like music that you like. Um, same as... Uh, I'm, we're going to do a Transformers episode at some point because I love Transformers. But, you know, it do, do, doesn't matter how many shitty Transformers movies come out. I still love 1980s Transformers and that's yeah. never going to change. Gotcha. You know, like... That's stuff that you, you keep with you forever. So, so Blink-182 are the 1980s Transformers of pop punk <laughs> is what you're saying. That's 100% uh, what I'm saying. Uh, the end. Yes, nice. Well, I like that your analysis was uh, very articulate and made my summary look like uh, flaming garbage. Well, that's because it was flaming garbage. Thank you. But I'd like to, before we uh, before I hand over the mantle to you, I would like to play a clip from my interview with uh, Mr. Thomas DeLong that sums up uh, nicely my thoughts on the matter at hand. But it's, it's a delicate um, balance, you know, because Blink is the three of us. It's just like you know, we're not going to ever pretend that Blink is a different, uh, a different set of guys. You know, so cool. All right, what's your band? My band, bands from this era that are very, very important. Um, but there's one that I'm going to talk about today that I just straight up don't like, <laughs> and that band is Guns N' Roses. Oh, oh my God! Fuck. 
I'm not going to say fuck Guns N' Roses, but kind you just of did. fuck Guns N' Roses. Out of context, I'm going to pull that quote for a headline. Yeah. Um, Disgraced former podcast host says, fuck Guns N' Roses. So, please explain. Well, I firstly, there was a few Guns N' Roses songs. Like I, I play them every week because I do play a bunch of gigs. Sweet Child of Mine I've probably played a thousand times. Their music, to me, is incredibly boring. Why? And I just... I. I like guys that can play. I like guys that can sing. And it's not like that they're individually not good musicians, but mm. there's a lot of bands from that era that very, very inspired by like the Van Halen thing. So from being the guitar nerd that I am, when Van Halen came in in the late 70s and started playing the way he did in tapping, a lot of guys took that and became very, very creative with what guitar playing was and, yeah. and soloing was and said, for me as the listener and as a budding guitar player in my teens... That's the stuff that I really, really like listening to. And when I saw Slash play, I'm like, that's fine. He's playing a guitar solo, but none of it was particularly uh, new or different. It but was just like, you know, a rock guitar solo. So he's found it very bland. He's personally. technically talented, but not creative is what... For in my, for what I like. Mm. But, I, but isn't, isn't that a thing? Like Slash, guitar legend. Yeah, but he doesn't do anything that's particularly great. Like, he can play a guitar solo, but if you listen to him play on anybody's song, it's the same sort of guitar solo. And you look, honestly, you can say that about a lot of players, but specifically Slash for being the, like... The go-to, like... The go-to you know, iconic that guitar That top hat player. is, like, synonymous with guitar. And I think that top hat and the fact you said that is a big part of why I just don't like this band. And it's just the image and... It's not just the visual image, but it's the idea of that band and everything that it surrounds it. Because, to me, it's not about the music mm. and... If, you know, if you're a massive Guns N' Roses fan, then perhaps that's a completely different thing. But I don't really give a fuck personally about the 80s rock scene in LA. Um, I There was a time when I was like, oh, that sounds so cool because it was all about this music. And, um, and I liked a lot of bands that came out of that scene. But realistically, a lot of people just seem to be like, oh, it was just a lot of sex, drugs and rock and roll, which on paper, yeah, that's kind of fine. But I'm... It's not really my vibe. Mm. I want to. I want to hear music that has got some sort of substance, and I don't really get a shitload of that out of. Um, so you're saying like, guitar, no substance, lyrically pretty it's generic. Fine. I mean, I can appreciate that Axel can sing with like a five or seven octave range. It's like really, really impressive, and he technically is a baritone as well. And the fact he can do that's really great. But I really don't like his his vocal character, the way he sounds. Yeah, know, his tone and his tone to me is like really kind of whiny. So I, I don't like that. I don't. I think Slash's guitar playing is really fucking boring. I've listened to Appetite. I've obviously listened to it, but I thought the actual sound of it was not really that impressive. Well, that's not their fault, is it? Well, no, not necessarily. But still, like as, a, as an entire package, mm. there's not nothing there for me that no really tones. Ooh, that's a yeah. cool, that's a cool snare or like in terms of like the image and being a, a person that's not really that fussed about how cool a band is. I just want to listen to a band because I think their songs are good. And mm. and it's not it's not just Guns N' Roses. Like the other band that I really fucking can't stand is Motley Crue. And I should love these bands because of the of this scene. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Like uh, this is not a Motley Crue shitting on podcast. We can do that another time. But again, it's it's mostly people like that band because they like the image of it. Mm. Um like fucking Vince Neil, he's horrible. Mick Mars's <laughs> guitar playing is not great. Um, and yeah, I'd say Guns and Roses possibly have a little bit more um, substance. May maybe legitimacy. Continuing on from Guns and Roses, coming into the nineties, there's just not really anything in there that is 
very, apart from November Rain, there's not much else that they did that has gone gotten past that initial like stage. So, if, mm. you know, you're talking about Blink and you have like Damn It, which is, when was that, like mid-90s? Yeah. And then you've got Small Things. Uh, and then you've got, what's the hits from the self-titled album? Uh, that's like, I Miss You. I miss you. Yeah. And, yeah. So, like, you've got a, a, a bigger span of time yeah. there, you know, and, gotcha. and gr- take Green Day as well. Same, bigger span of time. Whereas, like, Gunners kind of just had that one, that one little fucking burst that somehow has just, off the back of maybe three songs, which is what it feels like from someone like me who's not, like, really that much of a fan. It's like, okay, it's just, it just really does nothing for me. Yeah. For I guess, me, and this is the thing. Are man. they are they a band that it's like? Uh, so, you, you, what would you call them? Classic rock. Well, at this point, what would you yes, call them? So, it's are like they like classic rock years. for people who don't listen to music? Kind of. There's a lot of bands that fit that category. Yeah, um, and there's still there's still big fans, like super fans of these genres of music that love it. But bands that people like that don't really listen to music are bands like Guns N' Roses, like ACDC. Um, that fits the bill. In a very very big way, and ACDC, well, hence why Axel could jump from one to the other, no problem. <laughs> well, look, honestly, I I'm going to give Axel credit because to be able to sing that stuff is at his age now is very very impressive. Like he kind of pulled his finger out. Like Axel's a fucking piece of shit, man. <laughs> do, do you know you know stuff that he's done? Like he's a like a very not good person and has done some very very dodgy shitty things to people yeah. over the course of his career. You know, making audiences wait f- like 3 hours before he comes out to sing. That's the least you know, just, of it, eh? Like- yeah. He's just a massive diva, like he's mm. a massive spoiled fucking brat. So, you know, I don't have any time for that. At least slash there's not a million people in the world that think slash is a piece of human garbage, which is good. I'll give him that. And Guns <laughs> Gunners is more than just like those two guys, but they they're like the obviously the, the two figureheads of it. Um, I'd say that Slash is more iconic than Axel. At this point, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and Slash had a, like that top hat and that image of top hat and like cigarette hanging out of your mouth. You can just draw that outline. People understand who that is. That's that's a very. What are you going to draw with bloody Axel? A potato? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see Guns and Roses when they were here? No, I did. Was that with Slash or was that? That with... was with Slash, and that was with and uh, Duff. Duff, yep. yeah. The original lineup is all the, the well, you know, cl- classic, classic. Right? Of, I think they were saying classic lineup, right? That yeah, was the, three out of five. I mean, uh, you know, it was it was a spectacle. I saw maybe like three songs, and I was like, "Ooh, I want to watch some TV now." I'm not going to take anything away from that because I think a, a concert being a spectacle is important. There's a lot mm. of gigs that I've been to for that reason. Oh, well, not, not not even the production. Just like seeing them was like, you know, they're one of those bands that that it's like, you know, historic. Yeah, gut, I guess kind of thing. That's pretty much all I'm going to say on Gunners. I'm done. Have you got anything to add? Uh no, that was pretty uh that was pretty good. Cool. That was pretty good. You know, I'm feeling some severe hate for Axel and Slash, good. so I think you've you've done your job here. Sweet. And um I, I feel like you love Tom too much. Tom, if you're listening to this, can you call me back, please? He's um, probably got some sort of radar detector on top of his Yeah. You know, on top of his uh Actually, compound. Wait. Tom, there's an, we've got an alien. <laughs> Do you reckon that? Do you reckon that he's the one who orchestrated that raid Area Fifty One Facebook event? Do you reckon he was there? <laughs> would he have? Would he have shown up for it? No, 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 no. He's the mastermind. He'll be sitting on a hill with some binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love that image. All right, well, I think we're done. Thank you so much for checking us out. Thanks for listening to our ramblings, our rantings, and our rumblings. Once again, my name is Troy Nababan. I'm Dan Cribb. That sucks. By the Handshake Media Network. You want to subscribe on? Uh, 
all the places you get your podcasts. And uh, we're also on Spotify, which is Ooh. pretty cool. You can shuffle the episodes. Oh, my God. Shuffle them up. <laughs> Literally putting one episode on top of the other. Shuffle them. I love uh, it. Just imagine that. It would be out of, out of sequence. And when we're referencing other episodes, you'd be confused. So and do I, that. Is that it? That's it. Thank Thanks. you. That sucks. Subscribe. We're going to get some burritos. Right.